Touchdown! Hey everyone, I'm Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. I'm CNN's Coy Wire and former NFL player. Hi, I'm Nat Coombs. I'm Michael McGuire from Gridiron. I'm Toast Sports' Will Gavin. If you want to see the best in the NFL, check out Decipher Sport. Check out Decipher Sports. Check out Decipher Sport. Check out Decipher Sport. Check out Decipher Sport. I'm Neil Reynolds, and this is the Decipher Handoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the fourth episode of the Decipher Handoff podcast. The podcast that puts your fandom uh, at centre stage celebrating what is now truly a global game uh, with uh, new fans uh, growing all the time across UK, Germany, all over Europe, all around the world. Uh, and helping me uh, discuss that today is NFL UK's general manager, Henry Hodgson. And Henry, um, I guess the draft is just around the corner. It's an exciting time for all NFL fans. Hope is in the air. Um, the good thing is, about 15 years ago, you and I would be doing mock drafts in the NFL UK office. We didn't know what we were doing then, and nobody seems to know who's going where now. Yeah, that's true. Hope season, um, the only the only bit of hope season that is absent of hope was you or I ever getting any of our picks right, I think. Um, we definitely yeah, did. No, it's a, it's a, it, it is an exciting time of year. I think this is a part of the of the year which with you know the draft and then you know pretty soon afterwards the NFL schedule being announced as well, including our London games and the rest of the international schedule. And I think it's an exciting time for for football fans in general, um, just to to think about what might be when it comes to August, September, and beyond. The the NFL does a great job of of staying relevant all year round, doesn't it? I mean, the draft is it's kind of all we've heard the last month. But before that, we were all we were all logged on to the Pat McAfee show, wondering what Aaron Rodgers was going to say about the New York Jets. We've been looking at Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's the beauty of the NFL. I know we love the games come September, but there is always something to talk to your friends about when it comes to this league. Yeah, there really is. And I think, you know, it's funny, I was I was reading this morning, but it makes me think back to, I was lucky to, when I was working for the NFL in Los Angeles, to be able to go to the draft in, when it was in Radio City Music Hall in New York on, on a few occasions. And it was a really special event. And, you know, there were, I don't know, I don't remember, maybe three, 4,000 fans sort of packed in there. And it had a, a special atmosphere about it. A lot of Jets and Giants fans as well in from New York. And when the decision was taken to take it away from New York, it felt like, wow, that's quite a, you know, a bold one. This, it's the NFL draft. You know, what, where else could you take it? And what we've seen in subsequent years with the draft going to Chicago and Philly and Nashville and Kansas City this year and, and Vegas and you know, wherever else, it, it, it's just grown exponentially. And it's such a big event. And you suddenly realize exactly what we've been talking about, right? Football fans from all over the US, from all over the world, want to go there because they want to celebrate, you know, what should really be the middle of the off season. But they just want to celebrate the sport, celebrate their team, celebrate these new characters who are coming to join their team and who they all hope are going to be the, the difference maker for, for their team to win a Super Bowl. And how cool this year, especially for it to be in the city of, of the Super Bowl winning team. Um it's sort of t- kind of ties into what my next question will be, which is about the sort of exciting developments of the the HMA teams, the teams that can market themselves uh, in the UK. Because here's perfect evidence of the involvement and the the stamp they're trying to make. The Jets, the Dolphins, the Bears, and the Jags all going to be making uh, draft picks in London. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about it. I think you know we saw some of that last year, and we've seen it um, over the years with the Jags as well. But I think what's going to happen, you know, this year especially is is really exciting because each of them is trying to do it in 
in their own way and kind of stamp their own mark on on how they're engaging with fans in the UK. So I think one of the the most exciting um, projects that that the teams have have started so far has been with the Jets and the Bears, who've set up in London a a flag league exclusively for girls in schools. Um, And that started, they actually played their first sort of um, fixtures last week. Um, but so this weekend on Saturday on day three of the draft that those some of those um, teams will be playing each other and then the Jets and Bears will both take um, you know some of the girls that have played in that tournament and uh, and they'll be making the picks on their behalf um, on on Saturday for for whatever their round five six seven picks whatever it might be so you know that that's exciting um, the Jags of course are going to do um, something but again this year have sort of slightly shifted their focus going to do something from from Fulham um, and uh, and use a Jags player and have a Jag tag session in advance of it so there'll be kids involved there uh, and then the Dolphins are doing something completely different going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium getting a couple of the cast members from the Ted Lasso show and they're going to be um, using them to make their picks so you know each team is doing something different and then if you look further around the world in Germany and Brazil and you know all Canada and lots of other countries that you know the same types of creative thinking uh, are being used by teams to make their picks so it's exciting seeing the sport and seeing the draft which isn't necessarily the most known part of our our game um, spreading around the world as well. Yeah, one of the young ladies from the uh, from the uh, Jets and Bears flag league is going to be joining me at the Sky Sports Studios uh, to make the Bears uh, the Bears. Yeah. And with the HMA teams, Henry, I guess like you said, the Jags have been doing it uh, for a number of years. You almost uh, and the Bears did it last year from Sky Sports Studios, but now the Dolphins are doing it, and the Jets did one last year in London. But you want to see? I mean, your job, I guess, is as the NFL UK general manager is to encourage them, support, offer opportunities, but you probably want them all looking at each other as well and deciding Definitely. to get involved. Definitely. I mean, there's there's certainly an element of, of, you know, the competitive spirit that you see from these clubs on the field. You want to see from them off the field as well. So, you know, as an example, last year, um, the Dolphins made one of their picks um, from in front of the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro on, on you know, right up at the top of there. And that really, you know, um, literally and figuratively sort of set the mark of, of something pretty big. Um, and so I think, you know, you, you, what you want to do is, is, is have the teams competing and have them looking to, to outdo each other. And, and, uh, and, and I think that can only be good for the growth of, of the sport. On the other hand, I also love the collaboration of teams like the Jets and the Bears, who, as I said, have come together and, and created this girls flag league, which probably for one team alone might have felt like too big of a jump. But with the two of them combined, and you know, there are some other areas where we're seeing more clubs combining on on initiatives. I think that that can only help grow the sport and give fans in the UK more touch points um, with with the NFL and with their teams as well. How important is that flag project and and things like NFL flag and Jag tag? I mean, the, so the teams are doing their versions of and running competitions, and then of course, the NFL flag continues to go from strength to strength and has its. Uh, it's championships in Loughborough in, in June. How important is that version of the sport? I think it's incredibly important. I think it's um, 
you know, it, it's difficult. You you did it, um, you know, a few years ago, a decade or so ago. You managed to find your way to play American football in the UK, but it's it's difficult for everyone. Is there a team locally? It feels like okay, I'm going to need a lot of kit. I'm going to, you know, how do, how do I get started? How do I find uh, the people to play with? So I think the idea that flag football, you know, all you need to do is, is show up. Basically, we'll supply the the, the gear, um, but that you can you can go there, you can participate. There's you know, everyone's starting from a relatively low baseline in terms of their knowledge of the sport, but you can very, very quickly have fun and enjoy playing it. Um, I think it makes the game 100% more accessible than, than it's maybe been. And But what that means is that there are more people playing it, number one, that's got to be a good thing. And some of those people are going to find a path off to, to play the full kitted version of the sport and, and you know, all kinds of other things. And some amazing stories already of kids that have discovered yeah. flag football and are working their way up through the NFL Academy and, and, and beyond. But I think even more than that, I think everyone who plays it is 100 times more likely also to become a fan of the sport. They are going to have an appreciation for what it takes. They're going to know now I've tried running down the field and catching the ball. And so when I see Odell Beckham doing it, it you know, now I understand what it takes to do that. And so I think... Um, I think in all senses, um, from participation and, and from fandom, it's going to help us grow the sport. And then I think there are a ton of other things that come with it. And, you know, the education that comes with it, the, the kind of um, development of teamwork and things like that, which, you know, maybe other doesn't necessarily come from individual sports or, or perhaps doesn't come across as much in other sports, uh, is something that kids really enjoy about our game as well. You're being very generous, by the way, saying I played a decade or two ago. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to, in case anyone hadn't figured it out, I didn't want to reveal your age publicly. We did have face masks, but I was <laughs> <laughs> um, This, I mean, following on from the flag, I mean, you think about, you touched on the NFL Academy there, and there have been people that have gone from flag to academy, now to Division One yeah. colleges, Peter Clark being one of them. Exactly. You've got the academy there, you've got the NFL UK Foundation, you, you and me have been at this a long, long time, Henry, and not to suggest that in years gone by it was rock up for an American Bowl, sell some hats and T-shirts and disappear, but there weren't the roots that there are now. That's vital, isn't it? The foundations that you're laying, which includes a foundation. Yes. Yeah, good point. Um, I, I, think, um, I think in all senses, there's more of it. You know, you're right, it's more rooted in the UK but I think there's more of a just a sort of you know structure to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. there, there were there were a lot of amazing programs that went. We tried to find elite players, um, you know, which is what the academy is essentially doing. But it felt like more kind of mining in the dark. Um, where now we're developing players, and there's actually a pathway from, like you say, from flag football. You could make it to the academy. You could help we can help you find a, a route to college football and then hopefully there's a program whether it's directly through the draft or through the international player pathway program which is in the process of being sort of updated a little bit that that can really give you that way into the sport so that's kind of on the football side on the fandom side as you say i think there are a number of different or certainly a lot more touch points whether it's 
the HMA program, which might first attract you because there are more clubs doing more things here. It might be the thing that makes you feel like I'm an NFL fan, but now I really want to be a fan of one of the six teams in the UK because I've got involved in something there. I think we're much, much more present on TV through Sky Sports, through ITV, through a partnership with Channel 5. We're obviously across social media on every single different platform trying to appeal to people in different ways. So I just think all in all, there's there's more that people can do. There's more that's going to attract you in the first place. And then if you're an avid fan, there's more that you can do to engage with the sport. So we, we really, that's, that's the goal is to be more present, to be here year round, to be here all the time, to be here wherever you are. Um, and hopefully that's going to be the way that the sport continues to, to grow and attract young people. It's incredible. In one lifetime of fandom, which was us, yeah. <laughs> we were watching games on Channel 4 one week after they were played. You probably didn't know the results because you would have missed them in the newspaper, like a little tiny little thing like this. Exactly. Now you can watch the same if you live in London as you do in Los Angeles, in Manchester as you are in Miami, all through Game Park. It is, it is really, the touch points are incredible. It's grown exponentially and you know, that's obviously attached to, to the world in general and the internet and everything else. But I do think that, you know, our sport has done a good, really good job of, of finding and attracting fans around the world and trying to make it more accessible. Um, you mentioned in May, so there'll be the uh, the lineups and the, the dates for the London games. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are back at Wembley Stadium again. Uh, the two games at Tottenham, uh, Buffalo, uh, and then their opponent to be uh, named and the Tennessee Titans and their opponent uh, still to be named. Before we touch on those, just how how successful was 2022? Uh, I mean, in terms of games, broadcast, everything for NFL UK. Yeah, I think, I mean, in terms of the games, it's it, hard to say that, you know, it's ever been more successful. We had record TV audiences. We had record attendances for all the games. Um, we had great games as well. We had, we had fantastic matchups. Um, we had record sell through of, of our merchandise and the shops. I mean, it really, you know, it shows the, the power of the NFL fans when they come together. It's a tremendous atmosphere as well. Um, so I think, um, you know, the games themselves were hugely successful. And I, I can't wait to, to, to be back in Wembley and Tottenham um, later this year for, for, for those games again. But I think as a whole across the season, you know, we saw some other really exciting pieces coming together, whether it was, Sky Sports, where you know you were part of, I think the, the the highest ever viewership for the playoffs and Super Bowl, which which you know really shows that the sport continues to show growth despite we're whatever twenty five years I think into the Sky NFL relationship, um, and you know number of different areas, whether it's the growth of flag that we talked about, the number of players being recruited from the NFL Academy. Um, you know, I think by all measures, we've had a really successful 2022 season and it gives us a great foundation to build on. And, and you know, it's always our goal, no different to every team in the NFL, but to, to outdo ourselves and get better each year. And, and so, you know, we're, we're deep now into the planning for 2023, whether it's the games or everything else, so that we can you know, come back and have this conversation a year from now and say, yes, 22 was great, but 23 was even better. I remember going on NFL Network last year around May with Andrew Siciliano and he asked about the three games. And one of the things I said was it was almost, we definitely won't take them for granted, but it wasn't a surprise when we had three games last year. It wasn't a surprise when we heard that we were going to have three games again this year. So it's, it's become an accepted part of the sporting calendar, but, but with that doesn't come complacency or taking it for granted. There's nothing like walking along Tottenham 
you know, Tottenham High Street, as you, you know, and there's Packers fans everywhere, Giants fans everywhere, or when the, the kick at the end of the Vikings and Saints is bouncing off every conceivable piece of yellow piping, <laughs> it doesn't get old, does it? And I think the fans still, you can still see that with the fans. Yeah, it definitely doesn't get old. I think, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think there's that electric atmosphere. And, and for me, it's always been the case. And, you know, you and I have worked together for a long time. Nothing gets me more excited than hearing and seeing the, the fans at the games that we have in London because... Yeah. You know, there's a lot of work from a lot of people that go into making those happen. But at that moment where the where the game kicks off and the crowd's going and everyone's having a great time, you realise just how worthwhile everything is that that we do um, to 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 make the fans happy and to ensure that they have a fantastic experience there. So, um, yeah, it doesn't get old. Um, but that's not to say that we can't keep improving it and making sure that people have a better and better experience every year. And I think there was, you know, a little bit last year, you and I both got to experience the, the game in Munich, which was incredibly okay. exciting. And it made me think back to the, the first game at Wembley in 2007 and, and what we had there. And I think, you know, as, as fans ourselves, but also, you know, with the fans in the UK, we need to continue to do everything we can to make it feel that special and that new to everybody. And, and so, you know, that's what we're really working hard on. It's always a reminder as well. You just said it when, when the ball goes in the air, like everyone's scrambling around for like a week leading up to the game and oh, many weeks on occasion. Many but weeks, yeah. Ball will always go into the air at that certain yeah, time. It's always going to kick off. And, and you know, every, you know, everyone's there not to see, no offence, but you or I, but they're there to see the players on the field. And, and the players on the field generally give a fantastic performance themselves. That's not the pep talk I need, Henry. When I'm <laughs> hours I'll give, you your, give you your special pep talk in September. Yeah, exactly. Uh, save that. So what's, I, love, I, I love the phrasing of this question. This one came from our producer, Sid Coley. What is your North Star for the UK market? Where do you want to be by the end of the decade? By the end of the decade, where are we now, 2023? I mean, you know, I think our goal is to you know our stated goal within our team is is to grow um especially amongst the 12 to 24 year old fan base so you know what what we have to keep doing is keep being relevant for for young people and keep growing that fan base so that we would like to be amongst that audience the number three sport in the uk that's going to give us the the foundation the base to to have a long-term sustainable business and sustainable sport in the UK. And I think from that, once we have that in place and we're, you know, we're we're close on that, once we can do that, then there's a lot of great things that will come out of it. And you know, there's constantly talk about UK franchises or Super Bowls in the UK. And I think some of those things, you know, are slightly sort of outside of our control to some extent or other, obviously. But what we can do is show that the fan base is there to support teams or support events that the government support is there that we have great relationships and partnerships with Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to to be able to host those kind of things and you know that's really really what we can control and so you know we need to put those things in place and then I think good things will come out of that whether that's more games more events more whatever Mm. You've, you've said that in the past but you've said that in the past about you know your job is to ready the table if you will and then that's up to an owner or the league in New York that, you know, that's, that's a, a different conversation at a different time. Do you, do you feel like the, the fan base is, is here now is, would be strong enough. And I know this is a hypothetical game, maybe a little bit unfair, but we've always talked about, Oh, the fan base would need to get to here to be able to support a franchise. I mean, I look at the games and think we're, we're there. Do you think we we would be there? I know you don't want to stop, but 
Yeah, I think I, I definitely do, Neil. I think I think that the fan base as it is now, you know, is, you know, I, I suppose if you look at other cities in the US that have, you know, had NFL franchises move there in the past, I don't think we're much different or, or further away. I think the difference is probably that, as I said earlier, there are fewer touch points with the NFL. So there's just less kind of overall familiarity with it. But I don't think we're far off as things stand now. I do think that the 12 to 24 year old audience is particularly important because that will then give us that base going forward. And, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we'll want to continue to be sort of bringing people into, into that mix and into the funnel because then we'll have, as I say, a, a fan base that, that goes for longer. And, you know, I think part of that is sort of chicken and egg. Part of that comes to attracting that audience is more events and more things in the UK. Um, more touch points and that's why the HMA program is so important because I think those teams can help us do that help us be more present year round uh, last one Henry I'll either ask you one more question or we'll mock out the entire first 31 picks okay settle in folks here we go <laughs> need those little where's little magnetic... I have a whiteboard here that's the only problem myself and Henry so all the names all the really do. And everything. you can probably find I'm sure those videos exist somewhere yeah, you'd have hopefully, to go. Hopefully not, actually. No, you'd have to go dig in very, very deep. Uh, let me just ask this simple question. This is easy. Who goes first overall? Oh, I think Bryce Young probably goes first overall at this point. I think I think we would know differently. It is it is interesting though, isn't it? You know, again, it's strange um, that that there doesn't seem to be a lot of consensus after that. Right. Um, there's just everything seems relatively movable. Who knows? Maybe that's all the smokescreen as well. Um, but it's it's an exciting it's an exciting draft. There's a lot of, of good quality players in there, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, more than anything, these are guys that at this point you're probably gonna at some point or other see almost all of them play in the UK, which mm -hmm. is quite interesting. You know, as players come into the league, you know, you expect that they would have a, a you know, hopefully a ten plus year career. The chances are that. Almost all of the guys, you know, in the first round and, and maybe beyond, are going to get that opportunity to play in the UK or play internationally. And for me, I've, I've done a lot of drafts, but that's a different twist now for me. So I'm looking to see what the Tennessee Titans do right. in round one because I'm going to see who I'm going to watch. Exactly. At I'm watching what are Buffalo going to do because they're yeah. coming. You, it is now a factor, isn't it? And that's yeah. without really thinking about it. That shows how ingrained London is and yeah. the UK is in the NFL story. Exactly. And, you know, the Jags have been a team that, A, I think, you know, if you look, has drafted very successfully over the last few years. But those are guys as well. You know, you're gonna, they're going to be coming to London on an annual basis. Mm. Um, and so it's exciting to hear from them what they think about the opportunity to play overseas is and whether that, you know, is something they even know about when they come in, you know, when they first get drafted by the Jags. Um, Henry, thank you very much for your time. Exciting times uh, to be working on the NFL in the UK, to be a fan of the NFL in the UK. This is the only bit where I have to consult my script because it's social media, Henry. You know, I'm not very good with this. Uh, but I have to tell everyone you can follow Decipher Sport on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. I think that's all of them. Okay, good. One, two, three. I know four of them. I'm on two of them. Right. I've seen you on YouTube before, whether you know it or not. So that yeah. kind of answers three. I've never seen you on TikTok, and nor do I expect it. <laughs> no, would you want to? <laughs> All right, and you can follow us uh, at Decipher, uh, Decipher Sport at Decipher.com as well. Um, my thanks to Henry Hodgson, 
general manager of NFL UK. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now.